Pastor Henry Harder and the Renewal Singers, I welcome you to another broadcast of What's New. I'm Ed Peters. We return today to Romans chapter 8. We will be looking once again at verse 28, and this verse reads as follows. And we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. On our previous study, our focus was on three points. God works, that was point one, together, point two, and point three, all things. Now today, we will be looking at two more points from this verse. The first point is beneficial, the second, selective. We are going to see that all that God does for us is for our good, if we love God and are fitting into his plans. My shepherd, I'll walk with him always. He leads me by still waters, I'll walk with him always. Always, always, I'll walk with him always. Always, always, I'll walk with him always. The Lord is my shepherd, I'll walk with him. Some people become quite upset over the selectivity found here in this verse. They criticize God for saving those who want to be saved. Dr. McGee uses the following explanation to explain selectivity. Suppose you go down to a swamp and there are ten turtles. You say to the turtles, I'd like to teach you to fly. Nine of them say, we're not interested, we like it down here and we feel comfortable in this environment. One turtle, however, says, I'd like to fly. Now, that's the turtle that is called or selected, and that is the one that is taught to fly. Now, that doesn't have anything to do with the other turtles. They are turtles because they are turtles. My friend, the lost are lost because they want it that way. There is not a person on the top side of this world that is being forced to be lost. They are lost because they have chosen to be lost. Now, here with our study is Pastor Henry Harder. And we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. That's Romans 8:28. That must be one of the best known and loved verses in this letter of Paul to the Romans but also one of the hardest to understand, to believe, and to practice. 
We need to remember that these words do not come from the lips of an armchair theorist. These words were written by a man who knew what suffering in this life was. I want you to hear some of the words Paul used to describe the hardships he endured. He suffered persecution, famine, nakedness, and the sword, he wrote to these Romans. To the Corinthians, he wrote of the hardships we suffered, the great pressure far beyond our ability to endure. We despaired even of life. We felt the sentence of death. Again to the Corinthians, he writes, we were hard-pressed on every side, perplexed, persecuted. There were beatings, imprisonments, sleepless nights, and hunger. Paul knew by personal experience what extreme suffering was all about. It was this man who wrote, and we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him and have been called according to his purpose. Paul must have felt the tension between his human experiences and this affirmation of faith. No doubt Paul's experiences were far more devastating than those of any of us. It is hard to see the hand of God in the accidental death of a little child run over by a drunken driver or the intense sufferings of cancer victims or the massacre of innocent people. But here is this 28th verse. On the last several programs, I've shared several observations from these words of Paul. First, it is evident that there is a plan for each person who loves God. It is clear that the author of that plan is God. God works, Paul writes. Second, God's plan is comprehensive. God works all things. Third, God's plan is harmonious. God works all things together. Those three emphases I covered in the last two programs. Now to point four, God's plan is beneficial. God works all things together for good. Note that God does not say that all things are good. All things are not good. But he works all things together for good. Evidently, in the end, all things come out right. God is able to overrule the intention behind the people who perpetrate evil. God is a plan, and nothing can thwart God. Even evil things can't. If God be for us, who can be against us? Satan works evil. Evil people work for evil. But God doesn't. He is able to take the evil deeds perpetrated by Satan or by evil people and make them come out right. I referred to Joseph on the last program of What's New. Joseph's brothers were cooperating with Satan to work out an evil plan. They wanted to kill their younger despised brother, but they decided to throw him into a pit and leave him for dead. That pit fit into God's plan. God was working behind the scenes for good. That pit proved to be a stepping stone to the throne. Joseph didn't view the pit that way, but he saw it many years later. That's often the way it is. Looking back, we can sometimes see how the evil experiences suffered at the hands of evil persons actually served 
God's purpose. This is in no way an excuse of the brothers. Theirs was a monstrous sin. The wish to kill their own brother, but Joseph later said to his brothers, You meant it for evil, but God meant it for good. I cannot help but believe that whatever the adverse circumstances and regardless of their number, they will in the end all blend together to accomplish the purpose God has for you. This is true even of sin. While sin is never good in itself, God overrules it and brings glory to himself. Think back to Adam and Eve for a moment, in the Garden of Eden where sin reached into the human family. Suppose Adam and Eve had never sinned. I know that's a hypothetical question, but suppose they hadn't. God would have had nothing but programmed robots. While the sin of our first parents plunged the whole race into sin, God overruled. And by redeeming people, he gets not robots, but persons who have chosen him and with great difficulty have walked with him. A fourth and final point. God's plan is selective. These words of verse 28 apply only to those who love God and have been called according to his purpose. For those who do not love the Lord, all things do not work in harmony. They do not work together for good. God wants us to be related to him so that he can work out all things for our benefit. God's purpose for us is that we all become like Christ. We are to be conformed to his image. That finally is what the word good refers to here. All things that we experience in some way contribute to that end. They make us more Christ-like. God was so delighted with Jesus that he wants a human family patterned after him. And no sin or suffering or sorrow will be able to thwart God in the fulfillment of that purpose. I challenge you to dare to believe, verse 28.
What's New is a radio production of Creative Encounters. Our mailing address is Post Office Box 848, Shafter, California, 93263, USA.